What's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 40 of the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, we don't have the exact number because of some technical difficulties in terms of re-uploading episodes, but we are just about at that 100 episode mark. We're almost at a year as we get into our second coming of the NFL season. This is now our second season covering it. So this is crazy. Everybody who's listening, thank you so much for coming along. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Thank you so much. Pat and I are so excited to be doing this again for the NFL season. Yeah, just about 10 months in and hitting that 100 episode mark is is really, really cool. Uh, as Emma said, thank you to everyone that has joined us at any point for this ride. And anyone that is joining on now, welcome to the family. Throw us a review on Apple if you are listening for the first time. Or if you're returning, we would really, really appreciate that. We're right around the 50 mark. We would love to get to 60. And that brings us Keep to today's episode, which we are super excited about. We're recording this on... Monday night, because we just had to get to the action right away. <laughs> so we won't be talking about the Monday night Raiders-Ravens game, which might be a little interesting, actually, because of yeah. the, the Ravens roster at this point in the season. Uh, we're going to play the week one overreaction game. And Pat and I came up with a bunch of statements about players and teams alike. We did not run them by each other beforehand. Mm-hmm. So we're on the spot here, which I think makes it much more fun. Pat, start us off. What's, what's one that you've got? Nice. So, I mean, I think I'm going to start with what was the biggest statement game of the weekend for me. And mine is Jameis Winston gives the New Orleans Saints a higher ceiling than they had the last couple of years with Drew Brees. And listen, uh, we talked about it kind of on our preview. It, it doesn't discount everything that Drew Brees did for New Orleans, for the Saints, and all the great years he had. But that offense, it was run through Alvin Kamara. It was run through shorter routes and efficiency. And we saw that when you throw a quarterback in there that can really move the ball downfield, that did not turn it over yesterday, though I'm sure he will turn it over at some point, uh, how explosive that Saints offense, even without Michael Thomas, can be. And that's Jameis Winston throwing for five touchdowns yesterday against a Green Bay defense that is supposed to be pretty good. Not great, but good enough. I was really, really impressed with what I saw from Jameis. He looked composed. He knew what was going on in that offense. Everything seemed to be working in sync. They got Kamara involved a ton. He had 20 carries to go with, of course, what he does in the the receiving game as well. I think this Saints team has been one of the better teams in the NFC for the last couple of years. They just haven't been able to get over the hump because they haven't been able to move the ball like a lot of other teams. Mm -hmm. Jameis lets them move the ball a little bit. Overreaction? No, I don't think that's an overreaction at all. I have a, a pretty acute Winston one that I'll end with. Mm-hmm. That I'll end with. Um, he's on a 85 touchdown pace with zero interceptions. Oh, he's definitely so, going to hit that. It's the LASIK surgery. It's eye exactly. surgery. It's just he's Superman now. Uh, can you explain that to me? Because I was seeing that, but I, I didn't watch the video where he said it. Why did that come out? Uh, it was just that in Tampa, his apparently his eyes gave him a lot of trouble, which is why there were plenty of videos and pictures of him squinting on the sidelines. Weird. And he got LASIK surgery uh, recently to his eyes. Apparently can see a lot better and goes out there and throws five touchdowns as the same starter. <laughs> Whatever works. It's like Whatever Willie Thomas works. in Milwaukee. He's never going to Just get him out of Tampa. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. No, it, it's, it was never a quarterback battle over the offseason for the Saints. Jameis Winston is potentially the quarterback of the future. I don't even know if potentially is the word there. I think he's the guy that Sean Payton can now use in the future. And 
I think I said in the last episode that you would never think about putting Jameis Winston and Drew Brees in the same sentence because mm-hmm. Drew Brees is going to walk himself into the Hall yeah. of Fame, one of the Absolutely. best quarterbacks to ever do it. The difference is that with his age, he became so limited, like you said. Winston made some throws down the field where I could, he's really not that big of a guy. I couldn't believe he had the power to do that. Mm-hmm. And that power, it's always been overshadowed by the mistakes and the turnovers. And now he has a coach now who is so disciplined. The game plan is so stout. And I think that year that he sat under Drew Brees and in this system is going to be one of the most influential parts of his career. Cause that's when he kind of brought things down a little bit. He made the game slower and he looked like a guy. Of course, he's going to make mistakes in the future. Of course, he's going to throw interceptions. He only Probably had 100. He only had 148 yards. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was such a stellar game plan from Peyton. Not that many weapons to throw to. Michael Thomas didn't even play. And then you've got Kamara in the backfield. The Saints are dangerous, much more dangerous than I thought they were going to be. So to your point, he most likely will not throw uh, a, a touchdown pass on 25% of his throws uh, for the rest of the season. Think? No, that's a very fun number to track towards. Uh, I, I Listen, I was really impressed with what I saw. You're definitely right on that. I think he learned from Drew Brees because that's what you saw. Yes, he's got the arm that he can move the ball down the field, but he looked efficient yesterday, which is what Brees' principle was, was that he was so good at being efficient. Um, and, and I think we saw it from Winston yesterday and it was, it was really impressive. Now I'm sure in a week, maybe three weeks, maybe a month, we'll be talking about a three interception game from him where he forced the ball into some tight windows. It's James Winston, but we saw some upside here and we saw some real upside here. And I think that gets you excited if you're a Saints fan. Oh, absolutely. We saw Baker Mayfield forcing throws against the mm-hmm. chiefs and Baker Mayfield is on a higher plane than, than James Winston. You expect that mistake. But I think as he becomes more and more accurate, he gets closer to Breeze. And then you add the element of the deep ball, which Drew Breeze hasn't had as a part of his toolbox in years. Yeah. You ready for my my overreaction? Let's do it. Actually, I, I so I'm going to frame it to you. Is this a overreaction or not? Jameis Winston will have a top 10 quarterback rating this year. Ooh, I like that. I think it's possible that you add him in Sean Payton's offense. Why can't he put up top 10 yeah. quarterback numbers? He's second in the league right now behind, do you know who? Uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater would be my guess after watching what happened to my football team on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Teddy Bridgewater and Javis Winston, one and two. That's how we all drew it up. And then all the way down at the bottom, just like we drew it up, the reigning MVP in Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to him. But uh, I I also don't think it's an overreaction to think Winston can become that efficient. I really do. I think he's going to have really tight reins. You still have the Taysom Hill wrinkle to throw in there. It's seen, I was listening to something. I think it was part of my take today where they were just talking about every time Sean Payton might infer that Winston's about to make a mistake, they can just pull him and put Hill in there. And that's a mm-hmm. really big advantage for a coach to have. Yeah. Yeah. We know Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, did you have one about Aaron Rodgers? I have just a stat. I didn't. Him. So go okay. For it. I was just going to say. If he had thrown all of his passing attempts into the ground, I did see this. All of them were incomplete. He would have had a better quarterback rating than he ended up with. Lowest in the league. Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP. It was rough for Green Bay. Now, listen, I still think Green Bay is going to be very good this year. But wow, that was, (laughs) it was quite the shock yesterday to see them just 
look lifeless on offense. Nothing clicked. But this Packers offense, it's all about timing. We see it all the time. Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams, their their timing is always perfectly in sync. They seem to always find the right time to give it to Aaron Jones. Everything looked out of sync yesterday. And I don't want to read too much into it, whereas Aaron Rodgers wasn't around at all in the offseason, that the yeah. tensions were so high. And you know they're ridiculously high this year because this is the last season they're all going to be together. I can't imagine it's the greatest locker room atmosphere you've ever seen in the NFL. But whew, things did not look like the Packers last uh, from the Packers from what we've seen the last couple years. That was an ugly for showing. Yeah, definitely out of sync. I personally will attribute it to his haircut. Now, I agree. Lines. I'm not a fan of it. Not a fan. He needs a cut. It's not good. It's not good at all. All right. I also think they're going to rebound. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll still win too. the division, especially because the Vikings just fell off of a mighty cliff. Joey Burrow. Okay. Where am I going to go for mine? I think I will go to the Dolphins first. Ooh. And here is my overreaction or underreaction. I think Jacoby Brissett will start a game this season because of performance, not because of injury, because he will play over to a Tego Bailoa. Thoughts? You go straight at my heartstrings here because you know I'm high on the Dolphins. I have them as a playoff team. I thought Tua was fine yesterday, and I think that's really important. I know we had the interception. He did have the rushing touchdown, which was nice. You know what? I believe in Tua. I'm going to stand by it. I think Tua plays – listen, injuries can always happen, so I think you could see him start in that way. But otherwise, I think we see some strides from Tua this season. I You already saw it with week one. Jalen Waddle is going to be a big weapon for them, yep. and that's really, really exciting. Uh, as I said, you, if you're going at one of the teams that I'm really high on in the Dolphins, I do think they make the playoffs this year, and I think Tua is going to be one of the reasons they do it. So I knew you were going to say that, yeah. but I actually, I firmly disagree. I yeah. think two is a dud. I, I really do. I watched a lot of that Dolphins-Pats game, and I think you can say without a doubt that Mac Jones is already and will be a better quarterback than Tua will be. Ooh. He has so many weapons to work with, and I don't think any of his guys were over 80 yards. Tua had just over 200 yards. He has the the running aspect of his game, which is obviously so valuable but so many other quarterbacks in the league have that. I don't think the Dolphins are going to go out and draft another quarterback in the next three years. I think Tua will be fine in that range. But I don't think he's going to meet the expectations that the the sophomore jump have for him right now. I just I, – I think it's kind of disappointing. I just – I was watching it. I really wanted to root for him, and I think it's disappointing. He's got the coach. The thing that sticks in my head – I can't remember if we talked about this in our, in our season preview when he said – that he struggled last year because he just didn't know the the playbook. Yep. That just, it still sticks in my head. He obviously mm-hmm. has a better feel for it, but now you've got a vet behind him and Jacoby Brissett, who's kind of breathing down his neck. It's not the same situation as it was no. with Fitz, but I don't know if Tua's job is going to be on the lock for all 17 weeks. And I think that's possible because I think the Dolphins have enough talent that they should be pushing for a playoff spot. So if they are yeah. underperforming, Absolutely, you could see a change there. I would just really like to see him get this run of games, see if he can establish himself, see how those weapons are. Listen, the New England defense is good. It's not great without Stephon Gilmore, but it's good. So I I was okay with him not lighting it up. As we talked about, too, earlier in the preview, this is now his first season fully healthy Mm -hmm. after he came off the big injury last year. I want to give him some more time. I've seen enough that I'm still intrigued by him. 
And I think there's enough talents on this talent on this Dolphins team that he can get them to the playoffs. But yeah, Jacoby Brissett's a very nice option for them to have in case they need to go to it. I had completely forgotten he was on that team too. They lined him mm-hmm. up for a certain short sneak, and I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but I think that defense is good enough. I, this defense didn't win enough games for them last year, so mm-hmm. they just need a little bit more. But to give Tua some credit, he took some massive hits and he got right back massive up. hits and he got right back up so i think that is definitely a, a check mark in that box in terms of injury concerns yeah no i, I think that's fair uh i'm gonna take the next one because i think it's a really good segue mm-hmm. a guy that i think will take a huge jump in his second year jalen hurts he looked <laughs> so good on sunday and my overreaction is that jalen hurts will have the best sophomore season of any second year player. That includes Tua. That includes Joey B and that includes Justin Herbert. Wow, that is that's a big one for me. I I will say incredibly impressed by Jalen Hurts yesterday and I am very low on Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I do not think that he is a, a starting quarterback in this league. Really? I have very low Yeah, I thought he was going to be one of the reasons why the Eagles were going to be very very bad this year. And he was fantastic yesterday. He he made all the right reads. He looked so comfortable in the pocket. He was able to move. He had that gorgeous dime to Devonta Smith in the corner of the end zone. Wow. I have to Jalen Hurts was the uh, out of anyone's performances yesterday. Jameis Winston as well. Just with my expectations for Jalen Hurts, that was my biggest surprise by a, a single performance was how good he looked and how strong the Eagles offense looked as well. Because I think a lot of people are expecting that, that offense to not be very good. Now, the Falcons are not good. <laughs> exactly. That's the, uh, the disclaimer here. The that is, that is a disclaimer. The Falcons are not good. And actually, we have something that we could talk about them later as well. But Jalen Hurts was so impressive. Yeah. So I think it's an overreaction. I, I think Herbert's going to be better than him. I do too. Burrow's going to be better than him. And then you've even got, I mean, I think Henry Ruggs is going to take a huge step forward. I think you mentioned him in the preview. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy had a devastating foot injury. I'm sure you were Terrible. watching that. It was mm-hmm. disgusting. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, Chase Young. Andrew Thomas, we mentioned him. Clyde Edwards-Alaire I thought looked really good. But I think Jalen Hurts was absolutely on the hot seat, like you just said. His mm-hmm. job was in question. And if he plays even half of that against a better defense, I think the Eagles are going to be in a spot where they're – forced in a good way to stick with him yeah i i think you're right it's it was just so impressive it was not what i expected at all so that was that was great for jalen hurts that was great for eagles fans to to really see some life and see that offense you know someone command that offense because last year that was that was one of yeah it was so ugly this i know it was a rotating cast of characters for them we don't even have to talk about nate sudfeld in the final week of the season because it'll just set me off again. <laughs> but you you saw someone take control of that huddle yesterday for the Eagles. And with a new era, with a new coach, I think that's all they could possibly hope for. I don't think I put enough thought into the Eagles this offseason. Ob- you can't get all the storylines in in a season preview. But I don't even know if we mentioned the Eagles. We definitely didn't mention Nick Sirianni. No. He's a character. I'm still not sure how I feel about him. Mm-hmm. But he is maybe the presence that the Eagles need. And Jalen Hurts we'll is see. becoming that presence. And they're also such a health team. Look how good their offensive line was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Their defense can put some pressure on a quarterback. If those guys stay healthy, I still think their their roster is way too old to make any sort of strides in the future. And then they get into this really good spot where if J- a really weird spot 
where if Jalen Hurts is just good and they're average, that actually might be worse for them because then they're <laughs> going to be picking in the middle of the draft and they need to, to keep amping up that draft capital, which have, they've already done a better job with in the past couple of seasons. But the Eagles are a weird team. I, weird I team. totally agree with you. That was one of the most surprising games to me on Sunday. Yeah, I, I am not surprised that the Falcons were bad, mm-hmm. but I am very surprised the Eagles looked that good. What do you got? In the, what do you got in the Falcons? Well, the the Falcons just you know thinking about that team as a whole with the new coach and Arthur Smith coming in there and just the the debacle that we saw. You know, is this Matt Ryan's last year? Oh. Is this his last year in Atlanta? Can we see a a Matthew Stafford type deal out of there? Now I think Matthew Stafford is better than Matt Ryan, but it always felt like things were a little awkward sticking with Matt, Matt Ryan this year, especially with the change of regime with the high draft pick as well. It felt like this was an opportunity for them to go out and get a quarterback. Listen, it's one game, but that offense supposedly run by an offensive guru, and which is why they made the head coaching change from, from Dan Quinn, who was a defensive guy, going now onto the offensive side of the ball. Signs were not promising <laughs> in week one. No, and I think they put six points up, right? Six. Yeah, if if this offense is gonna if this team is gonna run through its offense and you put up six points against the Eagles, not At sure. Home. I'm not sure how that goes up there. I think Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts is going to be a generational talent. I have a storyline about him later. I I kind of agree with you. They had their chance to it's pick so the quarterback awkward. of the future, mm-hmm. and they didn't take Fields. Yep. So I, now I, they I have to compare it. themselves. It's the the Trubisky Mahomes thing all over again. I guess yeah. you. I mean, they're kind of in a good spot to tank this year and get a chance mm-hmm. to do it again. And now you've got pitch, but yeah, they're in a weird spot. They just have this extreme reluctance to say that they're rebuilding. And instead they just put up two or three win seasons. And that's worse to me. That would be worse to me as a Falcons fan. No, it definitely is. It's just, I understand the desire to go with Kyle Pitts. I think there's a chance Kyle Pitts is the best player overall in these draft class. Yeah. And I think there's a decent chance that ends up living up to expectations. But they, they had a really, really strong opportunity to draft their quarterback of the future. From everything I've read and what I've seen so far in the college football season, I don't think anyone feels great about this quarterback class coming in this Not year. So even if the Falcons are terrible, it, there's no guarantee they're going to get their next franchise quarterback from this class. It. They took a gamble here, and I get it. We're one weekend, but as I said, signs not promising. No, and we didn't even mention the defense because there's just that there's many a reason holes. for that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, that's a conversation for another time. Yeah. All right, I'll go to my. Uh, I know this is going to bring up a couple of uh, different emotions for you, mm-hmm. but it oh, has no. to do with Kyle Pitts. Overreaction or not, I do not think Trevor Lawrence will win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. I do not think that's an overreaction. And why is because one of my points written down for possible overreaction is, are the Jaguars the biggest mess in the league? Yeah. And I yeah. think that's part part of it. It's, well, go for it. I don't no, want to say I, it. No, I'll let you go, but I'm going to ask you this. Do you think Urban Meyer will last the entire year? Mm, isn't that the thing? I do think he lasts the year. I'm not surprised at all if he's gone next year. I just, the fit never ever made sense and now the usc job just opened up uh, earlier today as we record this first you want to talk about things that don't make sense if usc fires clay hilton at the end of last season as they should have as everyone said they should have urban meyer's their head coach right now there's no way he's the head coach of the jacksonville jaguars i not a shot and now he is a square peg in this round hole he's given the generational talent or supposedly generational talent trevor lawrence but 
I just do not trust the makeup of that organization around him. And that makes me a little worried for, for Lawrence's first year. I think we're going to see flashes of, of brilliance from him. I, I absolutely think we will, but he's in a tough spot. Yeah. This was much, much less about Trevor and much more about giving yes. you a platform to talk about Urban Thank Meyer you. and the Jaguars. You know I love to. I think he already showed flashes of brilliance, 332 mm-hmm. yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. What stuck out to me is he threw the ball 51 times. How many times do we have to see this before another quarterback goes down week six with a torn ACL? Why didn't Urban Meyer get get um, cues from Zach Taylor over in Cincinnati? This is exactly what happened to Joey Burrow because he gets 50 or 60 pass attempts a game. He gets pressured almost every single time, yep. and your body just wears down, and you lose confidence. As a rookie quarterback, it doesn't matter how high Lawrence's expectations are. If he's going to get hit every single time, that's going to bring them down. The chemistry is not there. I think the Jaguars, on offense at least, are more talented than their record is going to show. They've got some weapons. Yeah, their defense can't keep up. And I I actually want to hear what you think about this. What do you think about the winning narrative? Because I think for somebody like Trevor Lawrence, this was quite literally the first loss of his entire life. He never lost in high school and he never lost in college in the regular season. First regular season loss of his entire football career. I think he gets over that. Can Urban... And, and it goes into the point of it just it doesn't make sense yeah, that, it's that a tough he's transition. There. Yeah, for Lawrence, he it, it's obviously hard, but he better get used to losing because I think they're going to lose a ton of games this year, uh, yeah. which is which is frustrating. It's that's not a slight on his talent; it's a slight on how the team was built and how the organization is currently constituted. Yeah, and I think to give him some credit, I think Peyton Manning had the most interceptions in NFL history in his rookie season. I believe that is correct, and he did just fine for himself. Do you have a name that comes to your head that you think would win the offensive rookie of the year over him? I still, uh, unfortunately, I think on talent wise, I love Zach Wilson, but we mm-hmm. saw that offensive line is going to get him killed. Um, so that's really difficult. I think we saw some flashes to get excited if Justin Fields gets in sooner rather than later. Um, but I really like Kyle Pitts. And if Jalen Hurts is good, why can't Devonta Smith win that award? Yeah, I had is, him it, as a sleeper too. It is exactly where I go to. Najee Harris is going to have a chance as well with Pittsburgh, but uh, if I had to go with a pick based on week one, it would be Devonta Smith. But I, I think obviously Kyle Pitts is still the favorite. Yeah, I had Jalen Waddle as another dark horse. Why not? Too. Right? He was so nasty in that first week. Yeah, he was. He was really cutting up the field. He didn't even mention Mac Jones. Yeah, Come on, Pat. Come on, Pat. Nope, nope. Mac I'm Jones not there yet. So good. He looked he so unbelievably good. I couldn't believe how composed he was in the pocket. He slid up every single time. He took a couple of big hits. He didn't sling the da- the ball down the field like I mm-hmm. expected him to. But if Damian Harris didn't fumble that ball, the Patriots would have won that game. This was a game that the Tom Brady-led Patriots would have won. I'll give you that. But Matt uh, Jones looked like a professional in his first career NFL start. Could not be less surprised. We talk about surprising with Jalen Hurts for the performance that he had. I could not have been less surprised by what we saw from Mac Jones, which was just consistent, solid play. Like it, it was exactly what it, what I would have expected from him. He, as you said, he looked really strong there, and I think he's only going to grow as that offense grows throughout the season. Remember, of course, it is his first NFL start against a decent team in the Miami yeah. Dolphins. So I. I thought the signs were very, very promising off of Mac Jones. I don't see Mac Jones as the type of guy to light up the scoreboard, which is why I don't have him in that rookie of the year race. But 
there's no reason that if the Patriots are winning games and if they do return to the playoffs, why he can't be right there. Yeah, it also doesn't really seem like he's the type of guy who eyes those type of things. Mm -hmm. Did you see that highlight about the guys passing him the football after he scored his first touchdown and he gave yeah. it back? He he's doesn't just there want the attention he's just every there single win. time. Yeah. He's in a press conference. All these reporters are asking him questions, and it's just, no, we got to be better. It wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. I can do more. It, it's actually pretty astounding. It must be tiring for him to, <laughs> to be that on it all the time. But he's just, I think he's the perfect guy for Belichick's system. Seriously, he, it couldn't he, be any better of a fit. He comes from the school of uh, Villanova basketball brainwashing for their players. <laughs> I'm sure Nick Saban does a fair amount of that. <laughs> I'm sure he does too. All right. No, I love it. Give us another one. Yeah. I. Mine is more of a question rather than an overreaction, underreaction, but, or maybe it is. Um, are the Tennessee Titans in trouble? I, I know you look at that division and you say you've got the Jaguars and the Texans, two teams that are supposed to be complete messes this year. You've got the Colts who lost, but they did play Seattle. Mm -hmm. But wow. If we talk about results, I think the Saints blowing out the Packers was surprising. But I don't know how you don't put this Titans-Cardinals game right up there. With the expectations for Tennessee, with that offense, with Tannehill, with Henry, with A.J. Brown, with Julio Jones getting added to it. And they... They, every, I just find it watching the game. Every time you looked at the screen, the Cardinals had the ball. Yeah. It, I cannot believe what happened in that game. That, that was a shocker for me. The Cardinals look like a playoff team. They did. To start with them, all four NFC West teams looked like playoffs team, which is absolutely they insane. out yesterday. I think we all tried to avoid how big of an impact Arthur Smith had. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty apparent how much of an impact he had. <laughs> the other thing, so. the other thing is that I think, I think Henry reached his limit. I think he's going to be a really impactful player this year, but when you carry the ball 400 plus times and mm -hmm. 2000 plus yards, two years in a row takes a bit of a toll. And I think it's going to have some serious repercussions for this offense. And I also think you can expect regression from quarterbacks every single year. You see that from Josh Allen in week one, for some reason, Tannehill wasn't a guy that we mentioned, and I think he is going to regress. And I wasn't impressed by the Colts at all. No, I wasn't at either. all. But I, th I actually was more disappointed by the Titans in week one. I, yeah. As was I. To your point, almost 700 rushing attempts over the last two years That's from absurd. Derrick Henry. Yeah, so not 400 they, yards. I mean, 400 carries each, but just about. <laughs> they, they, are, they ran him like crazy, and they're going to continue to run him like crazy. I mean, he had 17 rushes yesterday. It's just that the Cardinals' defense really, really ate them up. Now, I don't think the Cardinals are going to get five sacks from Chandler Jones in every game. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think that was a huge reason for why Tennessee wasn't able to get anything going. Even Taylor Luan tweeted about how badly he got destroyed by Chandler Jones, which how often do you see that? Yeah. Based on the division, I still think Tennessee is my favorite there. I still think Tennessee gets the postseason, but I'm a little more worried about it today than I was a couple days ago. I, to, to your point, I don't think Tannehill looked great even though he has been very good the last couple of years, I still think Derrick Henry is going to be very effective. But of mm -hmm. course, to your point, the question is how hard can they ride him yet again? Uh, I think there are some concerns that pop up from, from this Tennessee game. I think it was definitely a concerning loss. This mm -hmm. game showed me more about the Cardinals than it did about the Titans. And I think that's fair as well. That, that NFC West. I was Kyler Murray was a video game. Yeah, he he was. was literally a video game. And you don't get a lot of those. For a pass rush that was already weak, 
that's pretty much one of the hardest matchups you could face. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think it's concerning. I still also think the Titans are going to win the South. Yeah, I, I do too. I, but I, I think that's definitely a, a part of the circumstances. Just yeah. I know the Texans looked good yesterday. I expect them to be very bad this year. And we, we just talked about Jacksonville. But Kyler Murray, you talk about rookie of the year. Mm. Sleeper MVP candidate? Oh, Sleeper. The Cardinals have to win some games, of course, for him to be in that conversation. But five touchdowns yesterday. I don't think it's an overreaction. Mm. I actually think if the Cardinals um, under-exceed, is that a word? Underachieve? Underachieve, yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're close. If they underachieve, I think Cliff Kingsbury is in danger of losing his job. Because when you mm. see the offense click like they did yesterday, and they don't do that all the time, Tennessee has a below-average defense for sure. But you see all those guys on offense – I mean, Christian Kirk went off yesterday. Mm -hmm. If Christian Kirk is going off, Kyler Murray is a really, really good player, and he's so young. Yeah. I, I think absolutely he wins an MVP in his career. Ooh. I think the field is just so stacked this year. I like it. I like yeah. it. But he is so good. And I love rooting for him, too, because of all the doubts about him in mm -hmm. the draft and the height and the hands and the whole thing. I love when guys like him do well. I would say he made the right decision not playing baseball. As much as I would love to see Kyler Murray play baseball, it's more fun watching him play quarterback. Absolutely. So <laughs> going back to the Titans, I was going to say that they have a relatively easy division to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. But here's mine. Here's another one for me. And this is my last one before I ended on the Giants because unfortunately I Oh no, you went with the Giants. Why'd you make me talk I'm sorry. about that? <laughs> I'm sorry. But first, this is actually my favorite one that I thought of. Is this an overreaction? The Texans will not have the number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. Ooh. Well, we've talked about two teams that are going to be right there with them, it seems like. <laughs> and that would be the Atlanta Falcons and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They can yep. give them a run for their money. I mean, I like Tyrod Taylor. Mm -hmm. I think he actually does give them a chance to stay in games. I think the rest of that roster is so awfully constructed that I'm not sure, you know, when they go up against better teams than the Jaguars, how that yeah. talent level is going to match up. So I, I still say the Texans are their favorite are the favorite to get the first pick in the draft. If you remember from a year ago, the Jaguars won week one against the Colts and then lost every single game the rest of the season. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not calling for a repeat on that on Houston, but I don't think they're going to win too many more. I don't think they will win too many war, but I don't think they will pick first. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league. And I, I actually think Tyrod Taylor is going to go on a bit of a revenge tour. A scorch I'd love to see that. Tour. He's really good. He is He's one solid of the best he goes. fringe starters. Mm -hmm. I, I can't really think of any other guys that are better than him. It was Andy Dalton who was fringe for a while, maybe. And obviously he's got that job. But Taylor was 21 for 33. 290 yards, two touchdowns, and 40 rush yards. And the roster construction is obviously the first thing you go to. But for a team that already was destined to fail, I think, with the whole Deshaun Watson situation, the guys that they have I don't think will disappoint. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the uh, the Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> the, like the running back group of Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and Philip Lindsay, they combined for 120 yards. Brandon Cook had... 132 yards. I am so upset that I didn't draft Cooks in fantasy. I was so down on the Texans because mm -hmm. obviously they, I didn't think they had a quarterback threat. Taylor showed up. Cook showed up. If those three running backs can hit, stay stay healthy and Coley can just kind of create some madness there, 
their defense is obviously going to be really bad. They're too old. Yeah. But yeah. I was surprised by the fact that the Texans can hang around. And honestly, if they win four or five games, I that's think that's going to yeah, I think that's going to be better than Jacksonville. I think it's going to be better mm-hmm. in, than Atlanta. And I don't know how many games the Bengals are winning, to be honest with you. Oh, please believe in, in, in Joey Buckets out I there. really I, want to. I was I really so happy to. to see them win that game. And Burrow yeah. looked so good coming back from the knee. Um, yeah. Zach Taylor, who's going to cost them their season. Yeah, they. I I agree that I would like to see a different coach in there for the Bengals. But no, you're right. And if they do get to four or five wins, they will not be picking first. I agree. Yeah. I just don't know if they can get to that four or five wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an interesting. It's an interesting division because they've got the Jaguars again. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's a. It's an interesting uh, matchup, and I think it's a very defensive heavy draft so far. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. There's obviously a bunch is. of a bunch of um, variables as we go on. But yep. I think that'll be an interesting way, and just the future of of the Texans too. They have so many variables to take into account before they even focus on the draft. All these, all, all these question marks. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else before I finish on the Giants? I say I've got one more. If you want okay. to have one more, we, and it. we can do this one quick. So take this overreaction, underreaction. The Pittsburgh Steelers' defense will be good enough to get them a playoff spot. Oh, that's that's not an overreaction at all. It's not an over. I no. think it is an overreaction. No, so I do it. not think. I think TJ Watt is so good. I'm glad he got his money. He deserved it, man. I think. I also think this game showed more about the Bills than it did about the Steelers. Hmm. I think the Bills have some concerns. Do I think they won't win the division? No, I think they're fine. I think we all will overreact about the Bills a little bit. I thought the Steelers were a playoff team. Before, I did not. Yeah, before week one. I know we disagree about this. I thought Najee Harris looked okay. Mm-hmm. I thought Big Ben looked okay. That's all that needs to happen because their defense is that good. I truly think even though we are moving away from the defense wins championships, the Ra- the Rams and the Bears that have had these unbelievable teams that haven't been able to get over the hump because their offense just can't beat the Bucks and the Chiefs and the Patriots at the time. I do think the Steelers' defense is just absolutely insane. Their line is so good. Their linebackers are so good. Their pass rush is so good. They have a couple secondary concerns. I think they get over it. To go out and beat the Bills in Buffalo mm-hmm. week one, thats I don't think that's a fluke. And that's not something that you gloss over at any point in the season. No, and I, I think you're so right. And this, this game was a weird one is the it best was. way I can put it because <laughs> – in my mind, and, and I saw a ton of this game, Buffalo dominated, yeah. but they could not get it over the line. They they could not capitalize. They shot themselves in the foot. The Bills were 0 for 2 on fourth down. That That's as many non or failures on fourth down than they had all of last season combined no in wow. one game. At things for Buffalo, it was just such an odd game because I think you, you saw flashes of how good I believe Buffalo was going to be this year but they just didn't get it done in the end, which I I think is more of an outlier than what we're actually going to see this year from the Bills on Pittsburgh. As you said, that defense and special teams, to throw that in there from Mike Tomlin, because they did have the blocked punt return for the touchdown, was really, really strong. I do not trust that Steelers offense. I don't think Ben looked particularly good, though he did enough, as you said. I do think Najee... Yes, he did, he did. Uh, I do think Najee Harris is going to be even better than what we saw today. Yeah. I, I just, I still don't trust that. I think they are going to have to heavily rely on that defense to win them games, basically single-handedly. And in a tough division, 
where I think we see some improvement from the Bengals. I've already talked about how much I like the Browns this year. I think the Ravens are going to be a playoff team. I, I still think they miss out, even though what they did at Buffalo, as you said, is a really great performance. Yeah, I'm just higher on the Steelers receiving mm-hmm. core than you are. Yeah, and I I do to to give your point some credit though. Without that bl- that um, blocked punt, oh, yeah, the Steelers don't win. That's absolutely Buffalo's game. But they did have just this shocking inability to put points mm-hmm. on the board. They, they threw Buffalo off their game, and Buffalo's yeah. offense is so so good. Yeah. All right. I actually had a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think which team do you think will be more overrated? based on all of the hype this offseason, the Browns or the Bills? The Browns, because I genuinely believe the Bills are going to the Super Bowl this year. Okay. I Nope, that, that's where I go there. I don't disagree. I think in a in a must-win situation, I would rather have Josh Allen. And that's yep. what it comes down to. Same. Yeah. Nope, same here. And it, listen, I talked last week about how much I love the Browns. And I think yeah. they're going to be really strong this year. But I think Buffalo is, is in for a special year. Yeah. I just got off on the wrong foot for them, but I, I really do think they're going to be very strong. They had a couple of those losses last year too, mm-hmm. and they were just fine. They That was Hale Murray, right? Yes. Yeah. That, they got that Hale Murray. They lost to Kansas City at home on a, what was it, a Tuesday night or something at five yeah. o'clock game. They they had some weird circumstances last year. This was a weird game. They I, I thought they looked good. They just could not finish for the life of them yesterday. Yeah. It was very odd to watch. And I also yeah. think Pittsburgh is one of the best coach teams in the league, too. So yes. that's always a tough out. They, they certainly – all right, go set me off. Okay, I'm sorry, Pat. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this an overreaction or not? Mm-hmm. This is Daniel Jones' last season as a starter for the New York Giants. Oh, you – wow, you went straight to the hard-hitting question. I thought you were going to give me an easy one on Dave Gettleman. Oh. Um, <laughs> I already did that. Yeah, I know. I This game for, for Daniel Jones on, and the Giants on Sunday – perfectly summed up his career in that there was a lot of good. He looked really strong in the pocket. He maneuvered. He showed off the arm. He threw the deep ball well. He made some solid reads. And then he turns it over because he cannot help himself. And he always turns it over. And I am i don't think it's an overreaction. I also don't think that means he's 100% done because um, I do chalk it up to the fact that the Giants were playing a very strong defense in Vic Fangio's Broncos defense. But it's year three. You cannot turn the ball over like you did in year one and year two. Yeah. Forty turnovers in twenty-eight games, I believe, is mm-hmm. the is the number. It's just it's unacceptable at this point because when he turned it over with that fumble, the Giants were driving, momentum was on their side, the offense was looking good, and turnovers are what kill you. And that that's what Daniel Jones does. I'm kind of at the point too where you mentioned this on the preview. He's got the roster now. Mm-hmm. Now they're just a quarterback away. So this is his shot, and he's yep. making mistakes that he made in his rookie year. And I don't think – I think Joe Judge is a good coach. I do, do you too. agree? I think he can – He blew it yesterday with the years. challenge. That was yeah. a very bad mistake for a second-year coach to make. He owned up to it. He said that was completely my bad. I do think Joe Judge is the right guy at the helm. I do not think Dave Gettleman is the correct yeah. general manager at the helm. But, yes, I'm with you. I think Judge is the guy. In terms of, of drafting in the future, I also think they should move on for Gettleman. But it finally mm-hmm. seems like things are in place. You get the Galladay, you draft the Tony, mm-hmm. and now we're just two snaps move. yesterday. By the we're way, we're just waiting on Jones. Why was that? Why so few? He he had some problems throughout the the off with injuries and COVID and, and all that. But he's been healthy for the the last couple of weeks, ramping up. And they played him two snaps in the first half. And then I believe he played four at the end of the game when it was already over. But your first round pick 
yeah. plays two snaps in his yeah. first game. Are you kidding me, Jason Garrett? It's just there, there are a lot of things we could go out here with the Giants. Um, yeah. And as, to the what I brought up last time too with Jones, if he does not perform this year, and if they do not think he's the guy, he will not be the quarterback next year because mm. they have two first-round picks, because they have extra third-round pick. They have ammunition to move around for a quarterback if they want to. Yeah, and I, again, this is this division is up for taking. It seems mm-hmm. like it's so easy for him to completely switch the narrative and take control of this yep. team. Again, it was only one week, but it's the, the Broncos are actually a really good team. I was completely wrong Teddy about that. Great. Yeah, Teddy the Broncos were great. really serious. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they have the easiest schedule of all either. So it's, no, the Giants have some tough a, games. Yeah, they, they've got Kansas City. They've got Tampa this year. They've got the Rams. There, there are some tough matchups for for the Giants. And listen, we'll see how it, the narrative is going to get a hell of a lot worse come Friday morning since they play on Thursday night, or everything will be okay again. But it kind of seems like in Week Two, this is the end all be all for both teams in this division. That was the talk on New York sports radio today was that we are going into week two of now a 17 game season. And it feels like if the giants lose this game, the sky is going to fall. Yes. Against Taylor Heineke too, which makes a big difference. I'd rather play Heineke than Fitz. I mean, excuse me, other way around. I'd rather play Fitz than Heineke. I'm afraid Heineke. Really? (laughs) Because of that divisional game. He played really well. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we basically mentioned all the games, so I just want to throw one, one more question in. Do you think the Jets made the good decision, made the right decision by moving on from Donald based on how he looked? I still do. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally comfortable with them starting over with Zach Wilson. I did think Darnold was – yeah, it was nice to see him perform well. I like yeah. to see him in a different environment. He still had his red zone struggles, which is what was a big hamper for him with the Jets. I thought that was a very nice moment for Sam to get that win for for feeling of vindication for him. But I also think Jet fans watching that saw some flashes from Zach Wilson where they're pretty excited as well. It's just whew, that offensive line is really bad, and Makai Becton is going to miss at least a month. And that yeah, Jets not, that was is, devastating. Yeah. Is not good this year. Um, but I still think there's enough excitement around Wilson that I'm. I think Jet fans are comfortable with the move. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a good time for both exactly Donald and the Jets to separate as well. And then my last point. What was I going to say? Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, my God. That's what he, he does. Is, he is unbelievable. Just stay Top healthy. player in the league. Seriously, we healthy. need him to stay on the field. Unbelievable. He, he is so framed good. it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. That wraps up all I had for football. I'm going to Same. baseball for my number. You know I'm going to baseball. Come on. <laughs> we focus on these football episodes, and we just need to spend at least 25 minutes talking about baseball. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Mine yeah. is about the no-hitter that was thrown. So is mine. No way. Wow, I think this is the first time our stats have lined up. Let's see. Um, I actually have two because I thought they were both so good. Yeah, go for it. So the first one is three. Mm -hmm. Not mine. Okay. Zach Plesak is the only pitcher in MLB (laughs) history to start three games in a season in which his team was no hit. The Cleveland Indians have been hit, have been no hit, Three times this season, and Zach Plesak was the starting pitcher in every single one. Yeah, I don't even know if bad luck can be used to sum it up at this point because it's incredible. And still, my favorite part about that is that the Indians are still only three games under five. Yeah, it's with actually an anemic offense. I don't even know what I, I don't even know what to say. It's unbelievable. 
it's it's, it's, you, it's not even bad luck, seriously. It's just plain weird. And then the last one, because I had to mention Corbin Burns, the man himself. Mm-hmm. Of course. He obviously threw eight innings. Uh, seven innings of a perfect game, right? Or six of a perfect game, and then maybe that, that hit came in the seventh. But anyways, the, the second uh, – Walk, excuse me, thank you. <laughs> uh, 44.8%. And that was his overall whiff rate – in his eight innings, that's only the third best whiff rate by a Brewers pitcher in the pitch tracking era. And it's third behind two other Burns performances this year. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> so his best whiff rate didn't even come in his best start of the season. That's how good his stuff is. <laughs> it's remarkable. It's, it's just, it's so unbelievable. Corbin Burns is so good. Yeah. I, do can we even call him the a runaway Cy Young favorite no. when you have Zach Wheeler right up there in the in no. the NL? I when you Max have Max Scherzer, Scherzer, exactly. When you have Max Scherzer, I that NL Cy Young race. Just imagine if Jacob Degrom stayed healthy as well. It's just then it's gonna be a really it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun award. Um, yeah, that was awesome, and I love that my stat is also from uh, from the no hitter. Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, so mine is a year, and that would be eighteen eighty four. Which for context. That was the year that time zones were established across the world, just to think about how long ago that was. And that was the year now that is now has the second most no-hitters in baseball history with eight, as this 2021 season had their ninth with that combined no-hitter with the Brewers, breaking the all-time record there. You also had seven in 1990, 1991, 2012, and 2015. But nine no-hitters now this year. The year of the no-hitter, and the most since 1884, which was just too good to pass up. <laughs> That's pretty absurd. 1884, yeah. Uh, and it should be even more than nine because of mm-hmm. those seven innings. It actually should be 11. And the Indians were no hit in the seven-inning combined no-hitter by the Rays. I think it was the Rays. It's been a rough so year. technically the Indians have been no hit four times this season. They're, they're so ready to rebrand with the Guardians just so they don't have to, uh, oh have to deal God. with this no-hitter stuff anymore. Jeez. Yeah, that was... That was remarkable. And I'll, I'll give you a bonus one too, just since we both both did the no hitter. Uh, so, and this goes to my absolute, you know, basically favorite player in, in baseball. And that's Juan Soto and his second half uh, on base percentage mm-hmm. is five twenty eight. This is where that ranks among highest post all-star break on base percentages ever. Only behind Barry Bonds, who did it three times higher, four times higher than him, excuse me, Ted Williams, who did it twice higher, and Joey Votto once. The only three people that have had a higher second half on base percentage than what Juan Soto currently has. That Ted Williams comp doesn't seem so crazy anymore. Oh, really? I wonder who was talking about that. Uh, Yeah, it's just... It's and nobody's talking about him. That's absurd. Because he plays on a terrible team. But this is... no one pitches to him anymore because they know that it just takes one pitch for him to beat them. But the season that Juan Soto is having, and remember he got off to a tough start Mm -hmm. too. Since the, it's since the, uh, the home run derby that he just blew up. Yeah. Yeah. He started to show signs of life again in June. And then second half of the season has just been (laughs) just insane. He had a five Oh five on base percentage in August and through 12 games in September, he's at five eighty nine. He almost in a in a sport that you fail seven times out of ten, he's getting on base six out of six those out ten of, times. Six out of ten times. That's yeah. remarkable. 
Also with a, a, a slugging percentage over at 663 as yeah. well. That so would it's be not best. Like, that, that's absolutely best since the All-Star break, right? I believe yeah. so. I don't have it up yeah, in front of me. Um, but yeah. it's uh, <laughs> what a season Soto's. I know we talk about Guerrero. I know we talk about Otani. I know we talk about Tatis. But Juan Soto, always remember the name because yeah. that man is, for me, there, there's no pure hitter better than him. No, he's going to play for 20 more years, at least, in my opinion. But your guy, Vlad, is mm-hmm. making, oh, I know. making that hey, triple crown. Hey, 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 I said it on our second half prediction episode. I said Vlad Guerrero will win the triple crown. He is right there. It he is going to be such an awesome – he still won't win MVP. You are completely correct. But he is right there and has a chance to take home a triple crown, which would just be awesome. He might also take the Blue Jays into the playoffs. That's what I was just. Which we'll say. talk about a little more later in the week. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna do AL wild card preview for uh, for our weekly walk off on Friday, just because we quite literally can't pass it up. It's you can't ignore crazy. it. Yep. I'm at the point now as a Red Sox fan where I'm the most afraid to face Toronto. They're they horrifying. have won 16 of their last 18 games. Horrifying. That's in, it. in one game, you want to face that Blue Jays offense? No, no shot. twenty-two to seven. They put twenty-two runs up. They put forty-four runs up in fourteen plus nine. Is that twenty-three innings yep. against the the Orioles? Come on, those poor on. Orioles. Those poor Orioles. Yeah, I, I just I do want to point out that they scored more runs than many teams had points in football yesterday. Yes. Um, <laughs> watch out for the Toronto Blue Different Jays. Sports. Yeah, because they have finally put it together and they are dangerous. So fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So fun to watch. So many good players. Yeah. It's, that was it's such great. a fun episode. Yeah. No, that was awesome. Sweet. Cool. All right. Well, that'll do it for us here on the, did you hear podcast? And we'll be right back at you with some American league wildcard action later this week, which is going to be a ton of fun, but be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at did you hear pod and leave a rating as well as that really helps us out. But Emma, That's a wrap.